Welcome to Highly Educated, the podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Sherman, and tonight we have a very special guest for you. He is a professional photographer hailing from East Hampton, New York, and uh, now he lives out in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, doing some you know lead photography work for none other than TGR, which is an adventure sports media company out of uh, Jackson, Jackson Hole. And uh, yeah, he's here today to share some stories and talk about the world of uh, professional photography and the action sports. Welcome, Nick Allegre. Nick, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming. What's up, man? It's good to be back in, in the spring, out in God's country. Yeah, baby. Yeah. How long has it been? Uh, you know, for more than a week. Woo! You know, it's been it's too long. It's been like 10 years. Since I've spent more than a week out here, so wow. yeah, it's good to be back on the East End. Ten years, wow, that's very that's that's a long time. You're right. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, you know, Nick is uh, like we were saying; he's a professional photographer. Um, he uh, grew up in East Hampton, so he's a local guy out here in the Hamptons of uh, you know the East End of Long Island, New York. For those what who up? are global. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, he's on here to tell us all about his story and, and where he came from and what he's doing. And uh, I wouldn't have it know. have a story if it wasn't for where I came from. Exactly. So that's why we got to talk about the roots. When you were a kid, kind of got you into photography. Well, I always felt creative, you know, growing up. Whether it was like, you know, being into music a lot, right. you know, things like that. But I, my mom gave me my first ever camera when I was young, mm. and. um you know, I just, it was something that I always just thought I had an eye for. And um, it wasn't something that I was, you know, going to college for or anything. But right. being as into snowboarding as I was, I was big fans of TGR movies. Right. Big fans of Mac Dog movies, Standard Films movies. And um, it, it was just always something that I thought I wanted to be a part of. Um, and so to be really honest, it was that you were watching like the, vi- you were watching, yes, stuff. You, no, were you know, the, you know, the, media when you were a kid. Absolutely. Okay. Even like music videos back growing up. And you, you know. and was it skating or snowboarding? Like what brought you into, was it surfing? Snowboarding. Like it what was, was snow, the thing? Snowboarding was the thing. Just it, snow sports. Yeah. So you fell in love with it once you hit the, I, once you hit the snow. Yeah. It, you know, interestingly enough, as much as I love the beach and I'll always want to come back to it, there was something about the mountains for me growing up that were just, you know, something different. It was something I wanted to go find and explore um and that i don't think that ever ends right yeah man i mean i think the exploration is is kind of what we all try not to lose as we as we grow older and 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 uh you know have responsibilities and and tie downs and you know financial responsibility you know we all try to get back into our adventurous spirit one way or another 100 some are doing it professionally and some some just doing it on the side you know so I, I think it's important to just never let go of that adventurous spirit. So, you know, the fact that you were a kid and you had that adventurous spirit and, and developed the craft of photography, you know, get, given a camera. I mean, give a guy a camera, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah. It was, I feel very fortunate, you know, very blessed to be where I'm at. And um, did you do like darkroom photography and stuff? Did you do? Unfortunately, no. No, it's something that. So it was that, all, you were digital, pure digital. Pure digital. Wow. Pure digital. Um. The, I mean, the first camera I ever shot on was film. Oh, okay. Um, but I was, I was really young, and I didn't develop it myself. Right, right, right. Um, but that being said, it's something that I do feel like I owe how much time I put into it and my love for it to, to get in there and Right, it, you know? right, right. Yeah, so 
it was basically, did you, did you do college? Did you do any kind of formal schooling for this too as well? Or you just kind of picked it up and, and got good enough where you were like, I'm going for it or this is, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you pretty much have it there. I was a history major in college at Villanova and, um, history degree right back. Yeah. There, I mean, yeah. it's still something that I appreciate so much and, you know, everything I listen to or read is, you know, has some sort of historical element to it. But, uh, you know, photography is telling a story and history is a story. And, um, you know, I think there's definitely a correlation between why I like both of them and how they both relate to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, photography and history, you know. Whew. Yeah. A lot can be said there. Yeah. It's, you know, why you're taking this photo. Why is this significant? Why is this important? So you kind of wanted to make your mark, essentially. You were like, I'm going to take these photos of these crazy action sports because I, this is what I love to do. And yeah. I mean, I just think, I just saw such a a connection between the, the, the athleticism of it and the art of it with the environment that you're in and the appreciation that goes both ways and how they both, you know, Action sports has a way to make our environment look so beautiful and intense right? by bringing the athlete into it. And it would be nothing on the athlete's part without the environment that they're doing it in. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really well said. I, I feel like that's, that's perfect. Yeah. It's that, that's really what it is, right? I mean, you want to get the shot, you want to get the landscape in the background. You want to get the composition of the photo to match. You want to get so much, there's so many incredible elements. stuff going on. There's yeah. the, the absolute mastery of their sport in terms of the athlete out there and, and how um, dangerous everything is. Oh yeah. And then just the beauty of the environment and all the things you can say about what makes that and, you know, and then you have the artists come into it and try to bring them together. And, uh, I think it's, it's incredibly difficult and an and awesome thing to be a part of and try to do. And yeah, you know, and we're always trying to do it the best we can. Right. And, and when you first started doing it, was it like you were submitting things to, to magazines and then all of a sudden they were like, damn, this, you know, yep, this, that's exactly this, these are happened. great. And then it just kind of caught on. And then you said powder magazine was a big reason why, absolutely why uh, you uh, kind of got caught on as a photographer out there in the scene and, and, and uh, kind of erupted like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, powder magazine was hugely influential on my career and uh, David Reddick, the longtime Photo editor, editor, director of photography over there was um, one of my greatest mentors. So wow. um, after I moved out to Whistler in 2011, after taking a um, photography sem seminar from Blake Jorgensen, who's, you know, one of the best ever at what I do, um, he really set the standard for me and, you know, the advice that he was giving me. Yeah, the knowledge those guys shared with me, uh, Dave Reddick and Blake Jorgensen, um, man, it's 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 something that I want to give back to you one day. I want to share that knowledge that they shared with me because um, I think getting competitive about your artistic process is, it's silly. And um, I think we can all learn from each other. And um, those guys had that approach with me as well. And I want to do that too. Yeah, that's great. And, and you guys all have to have this crazy operation when you take shots. I mean, it's not easy. You guys all have the, you know, crazy equipment on. You guys are all coordinating. What's that like? You it's feel intense. unsafe? It's intense. Do you it's... feel at any time that your life's in danger? Do oh, you yeah. really feel... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it can be pretty militaristic in, in some senses, especially in Alaska. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we have a really dialed operation. TGR's been doing this, you know, longer than anybody. And there's a TGR protocol when it comes to snow assessment, um, snow progression, when, it, you know, starting on a trip and starting with smaller stuff and building up to the more heavy lines so that, you know, the crew is dialed, everybody's on it. And uh, so once, you know, we're really all putting ourselves in that 
really consequential situation, we're on top of our game. Wow. Yeah, that's that's super. Cr- yeah, and, and and so, how did you really kind of break into the monetizing part? Like, how did you start getting the sponsorships and the, um, you know, and the money for this? And and just by the way, just to probably bring it up here, you know, TGR is, um, you know, at. T-E-T-O-N-G-R-A-V-I-T-Y on Instagram. Just wanted to make that clear. Um, it is uh, T-Ton Gravity. Um, That's right. And uh, you can check them out. They're uh, an action uh, sports media company doing all sorts of crazy shit. They're the ones that made the Andy Irons documentary. They did, uh, you know, they're doing mountain bike documentaries. They're doing action sports. They're doing all yep. sorts of crazy Lindsay shit. Lindsey Doc on HBO. They're always, they're always searching for good stories to tell and spread peace and love and stoke and you know you just, just have try, to be they're always that, trying man. to go bigger oh it's it's crazy that that's uh what you're a part of man it's it's such a great thing and you know the community needs that and uh you know shout out and you know to talk about kind of how you broke into the service so so obviously you started getting recognition from the magazines then you started working for TGR uh, but when did you kind of sit there and, and sit on the table and negotiate and be like, hey, man, I need, I need money to do this? Were you, like, shooting guys for free? And then it was like, okay, yeah. okay, now can I get paid? Or how did you break that barrier? I think that's important for Absolutely. a photographer to explain to another photographer because, you know, if you're not in that professional barrier, you know that you have to kind of break through to urge in, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, well, I'm, first and foremost, the thing you got to focus on is being the best at what you do and doing everything you can to do that. And uh, it comes with some sacrifice. you got to invest in yourself. Um, and, you know, you have to be creating something in a way that it's, it's different. It's something that is marketable and that we, people will, you know, want to back you for and pay you for. So it's, you'll definitely take a little bit of a hit at the start. But, um, you know, once you start getting, you know, recognized by brands and companies like TGR, magazines getting published is very important. You know, seeing your name in magazines, uh, whether it's web or print, long live print. Now, yeah, I was going to say, now, do you think that you're one of the lucky ones that kind of got it in that era where print was still hot? Yeah. Like, do you think now, what's the modern guy have to do to kind of shape up into this industry? Because he has so much competition with social media content. I mean, there's endless content out there Um, for people to stay up with. How do you now approach it with new algorithms and new things? Like, how do do you stay a a part of it? I mean, my crew has heard me say a million times how much I dislike Instagram and the quality of what's being put out there and what's being seen and what what's being promoted more, you know, it's, it's the Kim Kardashian world, right? And that's not necessarily where the quality's at. And, exactly. you know, um, but it's also, exactly. it's also important to be, you know, to progress with the times, you know, like you got to accept what's happening, try to adapt. Um, that's and true. The one thing that, you know, if you truly are at the top of your game and the top of the industry of what you do, you're going to be okay. As long as you keep doing it and, and adapting to the environment that's around you. So, the monetization is becoming different and, um, you know, TGR didn't used to pay photographers because you could get so much more for the ads. You could get so much more for the publications. But now right. um, it's, it's, I think it's up to companies like TGR and others like them to hire photographers and pay them for the content they're going to produce for them because magazines aren't paying as much. Brands aren't paying as much for a poster, for instance. They still are. Um, but yes, to answer your question, I was very fortunate to come in a time and come up in a time when, you know, being on the cover of a magazine like Powder was something that could help make your career, you know? 
I had a huge year in 2018. Right. I had three powder covers. I won photo of the year. And, you know, TGR, I was with TGR before that. And, you know, Todd and Steve Jones, you know, saw what I was putting into it and the eye that I had and what I was, how I was able to relate and, and, and work with the athletes. And that turned into, you know, what happened in 2018. And, you know, to... And then it went off from there. It was just... Well, yeah, that was definitely a huge year. And I had been published quite a bit before that. And what do you... Been nominated for things, but... That year was big, and, you know, getting the nod from TGR was monumental. That's, yeah, yeah, it's insane. But it was, it was you know, I believe... What, what did I you believe- do to celebrate? What did, you, did you do anything wild to, like, celebrate? <laughs> oh, did we always like, celebrate. Anything- <laughs> <laughs> it's always a celebration. Oh, man. Um, but there's, you- there's a method to the madness. And yeah. I didn't, you know, I believed I could do it going into it. You know, I didn't know what happened... You know, there's a lot of competition in your space. There's oh, a lot of guys ton. shooting, you know, Tons. good guys that can snowboard. There's a lot of guys shooting good guys that can ski. There's a lot of guys yeah. that are, but there's not a lot of guys that are like, you know, shooting guys that are jumping out of fucking helicopters yeah. and doing avalanche runs and doing, you know, crazy shit like you guys are doing. And I feel like the intensity of it. And like you said, capturing nature in this moment that it's just like this surreal moment where it freezes and you get this guy doing this crazy trick. It's such a stoke for the athlete. It's such a stoke for the crew. It's such a stoke for everybody uh, involved. And you get this magic moment I mean, that the, lives yeah. forever. The you know, fear, that's the, the beauty of, of it. when an athlete gets to the bottom of their line after doing something incredible. Everybody is just on another level in terms of how they're feeling. You know, the high fives that are going around, the hugs, it's just... It's it's pure stoke. It's amazing. Now, um, how long do you work towards one shot? Like, how how long does one shot take? Like, one big shot? Does it, it could, take a it day? Could, it could take take a couple days. Could, like, how do you do? How do you measure it? In terms of the shot's inception, like, let's say you know an athlete has an idea for a line, it could be an entire year of a process. Um, but we'll spend really like, a year. Yeah, like in the idea, the thought. Oh, we got to go yep, to this place. Pitching, we have pitching, to hit that spot. Yep, well, let's pitch, let's plan it out. Yeah, pitching the idea, getting the right crew together. The weather has to line up. Everything has to line up for it to be what you're thinking about. It could be going into it. Um, and, you know, the in terms of, like, you know, the guys I'm shooting, they're in that spot for a reason, just like the cinematographers and myself are in that spot for a reason because we've worked so hard to get there. We know what we're doing, and that's the reason it works. Um, right. You guys aren't fucking around. I mean, this yeah. is life-on-the-line type shit. You're not yeah. trying to fuck around. The guy doing the trick is at risk. You guys are all at risk. It's there's avalanche protocol. Oh, there's yeah. all this stuff. You guys said you do training and you do, you know, avalanche training. I mean, it's it's just yeah, you know, you gotta I mean, make sure you're on your game and if you fuck up even for a second, you're 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 gone. Yeah, you I mean you start having helicopters fly around. I mean, com- communications have to be on point. And um and that's why we have terrain progression where we'll save the biggest for last because that's you know you know, now, assuming the weather lines up, <laughs> it all comes down to the weather. Right. It all comes down to the weather. <laughs> now, when we're talking about the weather and planning these things out, I mean, obviously, if you plan some big shoot and everything's elaborate, everything's there, and then the weather turns out to be dog shit. I mean, is it just blown trip? That's it? It's reschedule? Or yeah, is it like I mean, you guys try to dig it out? That's the nightmare, and we'll definitely dig it out. You know, you got to have a lot of patience. You'll sit for a lot of days. Um, but you're going to give it until the very end to try and get what, try and get what you set out for. Right. For sure. Now, what's your rig that you're using for all these shoots? What 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 company you rep? I mean, what's your what's your stuff? Um, I shoot Nikon. I shoot Nikon camera lenses. It's just what I learned on. My and, man, uh, yeah, Nikon. Yeah, Let's go team Nikon. You heard that? Fuck all you Canon <laughs> assholes out there, bro. That's tired of hearing change. the shit talk. <laughs> it's Nikon, baby. You know if you're a photographer, you're straight Nikon. 
Keep Canon for the filmmakers. Uh, Nikon is for the photographers, all right? <laughs> Thank you, that. my man. I dig that. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's the, the, the cameras that I use are battle axes. You know, they get put yes. in the ringer. And, um, you know, in my opinion, they're the best. Uh, I shoot for F-stop camera packs. They make the best camera packs in the gear. We all use them, um, the level that we're doing. And uh, it's been great to have their support over the years. They're, crazy uh, quality camera packs, crazy quality durable camera as packs. shit. That's the only choice, in my opinion. And you, you guys are ripping on snowmobiles. You guys are going through crazy terrain. Oh, yeah. You guys are roughing up these packs, yep. and your and the gear stays fresh. The gear stays top notch. And uh, shout out to my boy Druid, who started the company, and uh, all the support they've given me over the years. Wow, dude, you got to put me on to F stop, dude. <laughs> How you doing, Drew? What's going on, man? I'm a photographer too, you know. Yeah, not as cool as Nick, but you know, I get some shit done, you know. You're pretty cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, all right. So, yeah, ref the F-Stop gear. Shout out to them. They're uh, at F-Stop gear on Instagram. Check them out. That's a that's a cool fucking uh, camera company. So, yeah, man, you got the Nikon pack. You got everything tidied up in the F-Stop, you know, pack. You guys are ready to go. So, when you guys are all on snowmobile, you guys are ripping through, how long does it take for you to set up a frame? Or how long does it take to the... the you know, you guys bring generators. Is there a lighting guy specifically? Is there, like, how do you set all this up? So we don't really work with lighting guys very much unless it's an urban shoot. Um, but, you know, for me, it's different from a cinematographer just because they're going to have to get out the sticks. You know, they got to move a tripod around. I like to move around quite a bit when I shoot. Um, I won't stay in one angle for too long. And for me, it's all about the light. It's all about the framing. Composition comes first with light. So that's your whole your whole thing, composition, light, two yep. most important things. Yeah, oh yeah. Set that frame, composition there, lighting's there. And then you get if you got these, you know, you got guys like Kai Jones and Tim Durchie and Carl Fastad flying around who know what they're doing and can throw a chick trick at the highest level. It, it, it all has the opportunity to come together. Right, and you can't miss that shot too because nope. then you're the kook. Oh. If you miss that yeah, shot, you don't want to miss the shot. Don't want to miss the shot. And so when you're doing that, like if you're doing like early morning shoots or something like that, are you ever shooting in like extreme camera set like setting conditions where you're like in? So the you goal don't for, know if you're you going to really the get the shot. The goal, the goal is um, assuming it's not too dark because once it gets dark, it just gets too dark if you're not throwing lights up. Right. Um, you know, I'll definitely pump that ISO if if it is in that situation because. You know, shooting a lot of action, you need a fast shutter. But, you know, the goal to reduce noise that could occur is to shoot as close to your native ISO, which is the lowest ISO. Right. Um, so however you have to work the aperture to get that and, you know, nurture that situation is super important. Um, right. You that's know, really important. That's, yeah, brilliantly for, said. And that's why these, these cameras are so great these days because... Um, you know, it, it, obviously the, you, your aperture for me is the most important thing that you're figuring out and deciding first, um, and then achieving whatever shutter you need to capture that action without any blur and pump the ISO after that. Right. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's perfectly said. <laughs> he, he pumped it out. So guys, if you're looking to do action sports photography, he just broke it down like a small child for you. So <laughs> just run that back. If you want to learn how to do action photography, he just laid it down. So, you know, listen to that. <laughs> so that that's just crazy that that's the kind of process that you guys have out there. And, and everything's a team, like you said. And oh, you, yeah. you work with so many talented guys. 
and it all comes together, right? I mean, this company is thriving. You guys are doing so many cool things. Uh, you guys have this amazing new movie you just made, Stoke the Fire. Yeah. Um, you just had the world premiere, right, in uh, Jackson Hole, yep. right, in Wyoming. Yep. It's Launched. Incredible. It was sick. You just got back from it, you know, a few days in, and now you're uh, chilling here in the podcast studio talking. <laughs> yep. Love it. It's, uh, for me, the, the world premiere that happens each year in Jackson is always the best weekend of the year. It's a family reunion. And it's just a reminder of why we do what we do and why we love it because um, it's something that doesn't come easy and we all got to work for it and we expect the best from each other, um, but we also celebrate the best. So um, shout out to all the people that I just had a good time with last week in Jackson. Congratulations too, man. It's, it's <laughs> such a proud moment when you, you see all these things come to life and you see your, you know, people you work with just crushing it and, oh, yeah. and, and people doing so well. I'm always very proud of the people that I work with hundred percent. Absolutely. It's all about teamwork and collaboration. Nothing gets done alone and, and nothing really, you know, everybody, everything helps. I mean, I do this, I might edit the podcast alone, but damn what, you know, people make this podcast. Oh, it's not I, me. I know about editing. It's alone, everybody else. For sure. Oh man. <laughs> The amount of hours I had to get prescription eyewear because my dad, my uh, eye doctor said, "How many hours a day that you stare at screens?" And I said, "Well, you know, photo editing. You can stare there for yeah. ten hours. You can oh, be yeah. staring at shit. And it goes by like the blink of an eye." He's like, "Well, I need to write you a prescription for this and this, and these are blue light." And I gotta, I gotta, I gotta meet your doctor. Oh, dude, yeah, you, he'll hook you <laughs> up, man. He'll hook you up. He's got the good. <laughs> so what we're saying is, you have to go to the Stoke the Fire. Uh, premieres that are all across the U.S. now. They're doing like a tour. You can buy tickets no matter what city you're in. Check it out online, um, you know, through TGR and all that good stuff. But, you know, the one that we're important about here, New Yorkers, New Yorkers, how we doing? We need to check out on November 2nd. We have the Stoke the Fire premiere in Times Square, which is also simultaneously Nick's birthday. What up? Yeah. Love How to see all my New York City that, people huh? in, in Manhattan for, for the Stoke the Fire premiere November 2nd. Um, we've had a great time before. We'll have a great time again. It's always wild to see, you know, all the images lit up on those billboards in Times Square. So it's a special occasion. And um, I'm always so humbled and happy when all the New York City people come out and, you know, they appreciate where I'm from and love the the what we do because at the end of the day we all just love sliding around on snow yeah and so to explain what everything's explain the stoke the fire movie for those who don't uh, know what's going on oh man i mean after after the year we just had i think it was important to just bring a lot of energy you know bring a lot of you know just stoke and that's what that movie is um you know we worked incredibly hard on it throughout the winter and um you know as we've been talking about from the artists to the athletes it, it's it's an incredible mix of a lot of work that is, to put that movie together. And you're talking like this is years in the making, or is this it's, few... so? It's it's a winter in the making. A winter then, in the making. Yeah. You guys pump it out that fast. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, it is. You know? it's, a, it's a credit to the editing team, the best, the best in the industry back in Jackson Hole, working at the Wilson. Shout HQ. out to the editors. You yeah. know, they never get enough love. Yep. Shout out to those editors that are sitting in the fucking room all day yep. long, staring at four screens, doing a million clips. Oh, you yeah. guys are the heroes too, you know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a part it of together. it. It's a part of it. The post production process is something that, you know, I've nearly driven myself to the bone. <laughs> at, you know, <laughs> drive yourself nuts. Yeah, I mean, you know, how hard you work is one of the few things you can control in life, and you know, it's another part of the the you know the discipline to master, and you know that happens through time and effort. 
Oh, 100%. And, and the time it takes to develop the craft, I mean, even photography, me transitioning from being younger in photography and taking landscapes and doing this and taking a photo of friends and this and that, you really start to learn about these things as you go through and as the years progress. Now we're, you know, I'm over a decade in, you're over, you know, well over a decade in, we're, we're into this thing where it's, you know, you, now you just know things, you know where you want yep. your f-stop, you know where you want your apertures and your settings you know where you want your your you know you know where you feel comfortable shooting yeah it's knowing what to do and when um you know the, the settings on my camera become an extension of my brain when i'm out there and it's just happening as right. i'm thinking you know because um, you're also having to pay attention to that moment you click yeah action sports is different it's not like landscapes where you can take your time and just kind of mold it i never use a tripod ever Ever, always ever, handheld. Always handheld. Get out of here. No matter what I'm doing. No matter what you've shot, it's yep. always handheld. Always handheld. That's that's my that's the shit. Yeah, it's, that's you amazing. know. I mean, I, I said it before, but I move around quite a bit, and um, I think you know, being perceptive of what's going on around you is incredibly important when you're trying to portray what's happening around you in that moment. I mean, it's photojournalism, really, and you know, you have to be paying attention. Right. No, 100%. You really have to be aware of your surroundings when you're doing these kind of things because you never know, you know, what moment you could be capturing. There could be some crazy bird in the background while this guy's doing this trick and then all of a sudden yep. you got caught this incredible moment where you're like, all right, that's going to, that's going to, yeah, you know, be there. Yeah. I mean, you got to be there. You got to see it. You got to anticipate it and you got to know how to shoot it. So now to kind of segue to a different aspect of the world of media in general, Obviously, you work for TGR. They're an incredible, um, you know, action sports company. And, you know, they're just pumping out content and, and pumping out these beautiful things. We see these apps start to change, you know, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. I think more so in Instagram. Like Instagram, for example, they're saying that they're going to get rid of photos completely and now only do video and only do reels and only do all these things. Like, what do you say as a photographer, as somebody <laughs> that's, that's doing this? Like, what do you, you know? That's mental. I mean, to me, that's just crazy. That's just crazy. It's just not. It's just like you took away the essence of what you well, became. It just, and it just now nobody to, has memories. It just goes what do you to do? Show. It's all about. It's just all about you know clicks and instant gratification and things like that. Um, you know, it's 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 just a lot of diluting of things. Right. Yeah. And it's so crazy because what you see online, like when you're in a magazine and Powder Magazine, right? You see your photo there. You don't know how many issues of Powder Magazine are being yeah, distributed or sold all across a, the country. It's a token. You're yeah, it's a like thing you're you can you're have in it. Yeah, and it's and you're and you're in there with a real token, hundreds not of a thousands of token readers, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's you like can you can hold it, right? You can hold it. You can feel it. It's a it's a real thing. It's but it's like that's that, and and then you do this, and you're in this age where it's like everything is a flash. You're like in and out. Now they want to do only video so they can compete with TikTok. But like, where's the love for the photographers? There's a, there's a, there's an essence about capturing a moment in freeze frame that's not a video and high quality that you're never gonna get. Like images speak so powerful. Obviously, videos too as well. But an image man can speak a thousand words without, you know, without question. Oh, Whereas, you hit the nail on the head. Right. I mean, there's always gonna be power in photography, and it's always gonna be a thing, no matter what Instagram says. Right. Um. You know it's not going to change the way the industry might be moving, but this isn't an industry that's going to be that way forever. Um, you know? Right now, but how do you, how do you see it as a guy that's been kind of through both ringers where you've seen it on the digital end and you've definitely seen it on the print end? Does it feel surreal or different than in print? You'll get 
you know, hundreds of thousands of people buying this magazine or when you do Instagram, it's like, okay, only, only a thousand people like this photo. Is it a great photo? Or it's, it's like just, only 2000 people like this photo. It just becomes more of a fleeting thing. It becomes more of a fleeting thing. It's just something right. that's not as substantial. And that's really sad. That's really sad. But, but it's, you know, as we were touching on before, it's, you can't, you can't fight the way the world is moving. Um, right. But it's that important. doesn't, it doesn't, that doesn't mean you need to change who you are. You just need to adapt who you are. Um, but no, I mean, art's always going to be art, man. And uh, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Right. So, you know, obviously we want to keep up with the times and adapt. And as photographers, if they're going to only take video, then I guess we have to, you know, learn how to shoot fucking video. I don't know. Or we got to find a new app to broadcast our media on. But when we're talking about boarding and skiing in general and, and the essence that snow sports has become, do you think that it's just so rapidly growing that it doesn't matter. Like the content's always going to be there. The companies will grow. You guys will always pump out amazing content. I mean, is it, it's such, it's, it's growing, right? You've seen the industry grow. Yeah. The industry's grown, but it's also can be a scary industry. I mean, you know, with, with the whole climate change situation, I mean, you know, we need to protect our snow. We need to protect our winters. There's always going to be a place for, the best of a certain thing, right? Like, so if you're producing the best of whether it's a movie or a photo, you know, that's, there's, that's always going to be there. And you know, that's what you got to be striving for. Am I, do I think photos are going to go away? No, I don't think books are going to go away. I think there's always going to be a need for books because I think there's always going to be some stalwarts out there that appreciate real things. Um, with as quickly as the digital age came and, I think as quickly something else can come and it's going to look different. So who knows? Yeah. So it's all about just adapting and flowing in the environment. And do you think in general in the snow sport industry, do you think people are picking it up more? Do you think it's becoming a more competitive space? Do you think people are snowboarding and skiing more at a better rate than they were 10 years ago? It, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, there's the, the sports of snowboarding and skiing have progressed in what people can do, you know, incredibly. And that's just, you know, athletes pushing themselves. I mean, they're, they're competitive like artists are in a way, but we're all taking things from each other. You know, we're all looking at what somebody, you know, at your level or above you or below you is doing and appreciating it, learning from it. And that's why, um, you know, we all got to share that with each other. We're all, we're all making each other better, really. I mean, you know, tricks progress because somebody did it and somebody else tries to do it and then build on it. And, um, you know, nothing ever, ever really moves or changes without that first idea that's different. And, um, you know, I think it's really important as an artist, an athlete, or whatever you're doing to appreciate and surround yourself with people that are better than you. And that's, how, that's one of the best ways to learn. So what would you say to somebody that's like, I really, I love photography. I love doing it as a hobby, I, I, but I really want to get into it more and I really want to dive in. What would you give them as tips to really hone their craft and kind of mold into it? Is it just find a good crew, you know, go, go to a place? Like what, what would you say if, if just get out there, grab your camera? You know, my advice would be just grab your camera and go. Get the fuck out there. I mean, anywhere you want to go, bring your camera with you everywhere. Yeah, and you know, find others that are trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve. Um, you know, it's, it's not easy. You gotta, you gotta go out there every day and find ways to create the best of what you're envisioning. And it's going to that place. It's whether it's moving, 
you know, whether it's selling some shit to, to get the lens you need or, you know, moving to British Columbia, learning how to snowmobile like I did. You know, it's... Talk so, to us about that. Wait, you went to <laughs> British Columbia to learn how to snowmobile? Yeah, well, I went there. I went there because it was, in, in my world at the time, it was the best place to progress what I was trying to do. Um, you know, the seminar that I took that really ignited my move from New York was out there that, you know, Blake ran. Um, it was the place that I just knew that I needed to be to become the artist and photographer that I needed to be. You know, there's, everybody's pushing it out there. And, right. Um, it fueled your fire. You yeah, knew once yeah. you got there. You know, Whistler, Whistler is an incredibly special place and I, I owe a lot of, you know, my early growth to Whistler, Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, is, it's, is the travel been insane? I mean, how, do you get used to flying on planes all the time and going yeah. on all this travel? I mean, has, has it, is it second nature to you now? Totally. Well, you know, the, the, the pandemic is definitely something that it was the biggest like blip of like in between how much when I'd gotten on a plane, you know, right. we've been shooting more local just because we haven't been able to travel as much. Right. But luckily, the U.S. has quite a bit to offer in terms of, you know, what we're trying to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, go out west and you'll yeah, find whatever you know, you need. Our, our Canadian crew's been shooting in Canada and, you know, our American crew's been shooting in America. And, and luckily we have Alaska and uh, hopefully we'll get Europe back soon. Yeah. Everybody get vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, everybody get vaxxed, baby. We, <laughs> got, we got to move this fucking train along. Yeah, man. let's go. Let's go home. I'm trying to get the fuck out of this thing. Yeah. I don't care what it has in it. Give me the 5G. Yeah. Give me all the fucking... Get the, get the Johnson & Johnson. Bro, you know how much shit you school. use in your daily life that's going to give you fucking cancer? So what's some of the craziest trips have you been on in the last uh, you know few years? What's What's been the craziest highlights that you can remember? Oh, man, for, the, for Stoke the Fire, the Cook City trip was one that I'll never forget. Um, Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, Cook City, Montana is this little gem of a place... I don't want to get too much into it. I don't want to, you know, blow any beta, but it's a special spot. <laughs> it's uh, it's in Yellowstone, but it's not technically Yellowstone. And right. it's a little town of people that love to get after it. And uh, once you're in there, it's really snowmobiles only. You know, you snowmobile around town and you can access some of the sickest stuff in the States. And uh, yeah. I was there for three weeks. It was uh, myself, Todd Jones, Kai Jones, Tim Derchi, Parkin Costain. And uh, Justin Fan, who is, you know, one of the most talented editors we have, he's, he, he edited the Andy Irons movie, and uh, he came out and shot with us as well. So have him there was super special. Incredible. Um, but, yeah, the place is next level. I'll never forget it. There's um, Petersburg, Alaska is definitely the gnarliest place I've ever shot. The place really? Gnarliest place you ever shot? Yeah, it's like every little place around there that, you know, you see is named after the devil. And... <laughs> There's the devil's thumb, the devil's, you know, elbow. One of these little spots is called the cauldron, and it's just some of the most twisted-looking terrain you'll ever see. It's it's a roll of the dice snow-wise, but it's if it, if you get it right, it's the most it's the best shit you'll ever shoot or you know ski or snowboard. It's insane. So it's really it's like the it's like the white horse. Really, it's like it's it's, it's a the chopu of the snow. But yeah, I mean, we went yeah. we went and we stayed at a cabin. Um, you know, up in this bay that you can only access at high tide because we had to get in and out with the Munson through a slough. Right. And we were just out there. We got there by fishing boat, and that was one of the coolest segments I've ever been a part of. It's insane. Yeah. Um, you know, Slovenia, Italy, 
all incredible spots. The Alps are fucking yeah. nuts the for Ju- snowboarding. Yeah. We were in the Julian Alps. It's uh, where I shot the, you know, when I won the photo of the year with Elise Sogstead. And, you know, it's, that that trip was a testament to how, you know, th- sometimes things don't always work out. If you think the way they are right away, you just got to go with it and, you know, keep the vibe alive and figure it out. And it ended up being a really special trip. That's That's amazing. Yeah. The pants you're wearing are from Slovenia? 100%. Wow. <laughs> what do you what do you like the most about traveling? What do you like the most about traveling abroad and and you know kind of what do you miss about it when you're not there? The women. <laughs> <laughs> women. He says it right away. No, oh. the women, the culture. <laughs> the the just the I love, you know, as a history major, I just love Europe. I just love it and I like I said to you before, you know, and Tempted to just move over there for a year. It's just a special place. And, you know, going on a trip there is you're spending three weeks going back and forth between Slovenia and Italy and getting to spend time in Ljubljana. It's a place that I never thought I would be. And uh, it's, um, it's a On the coast there? No. Nope. Or in the mountains? In the mountains. Okay, okay. I was going to say. In the say. mountains, yep. Yeah. There's, you know, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, TGR is always finding, like, different weird places to go that nobody's ever really done and trying to push it. And that trip was a testament to the way they think. And that's, that's great. That's great that they have that. They apply that pressure on the, on the industry. You know, they, they say, okay, we're going to find some sick spot. We're going to dominate this spot, film it, shoot it. Everybody's going to be like, holy shit, where was that? And then everybody's going to it. The company was started just by these boys thinking they, they wanted to do something that nobody else is doing. And, um, you know, I feel like I've, I've always felt that way too. And that's why you've connected with these guys. Yeah. And that's why they saw it in you, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, they, they obviously, you can, you can sense when somebody has a sense of hustle. You can, yeah, you oh can yeah. tell when somebody has that energy or that yeah, magic. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, easy to re- it's easy to see somebody who's talented and at something that, you know, when you're doing it as well. Right. You know, and it's, it's um, you know, it's something that should be nurtured and not, you know, re- you know, pushed away against. Like, I love seeing other guys that are coming up that are sick. Right. Why is it this competition? You know, it's everybody should be pushing everybody. It's yeah. like, you know, if somebody else is doing a podcast, I'm hyped for them. Do your exactly. podcast. You know, like, like it's, it's, there's so it's much the room. Be- it's going to make Yo, you There's better. so much room. Yeah. There's so much room on this shit, yeah. dude. There's a lot of fucking room left. The tickets are not sold out. Like podcasting is in its early stages, I think, still, in my opinion. Yeah, competition is necessary for progress. For exactly. Sure. I, I think the whole world of action sports media and, and what it's becoming and the whole thing, it's, it's insane. I mean, if the way that, you guys have a head start on it is just, you know, phenomenal. I think you guys are going to be the trailblazers through everything. And like, you know, like you have and, and yeah, we're trying to continue. keep it going, man. We're trying to keep it going. It, it's, it's crazy too, because when you think about, like you said, what it takes to kind of set up a spot and get all the team together and, and set up these things, people don't realize how many hours are really consumed, oh, man. you Early know, morning, thinking and planning hours, and, yeah. and research. There's not, it's not just like you guys all get in a plane somewhere and, Oh, this is a cool spot. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's a lot of, uh, it's dredging, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, the, the the randomness happens once you're <laughs> on the trip, but like it's incredibly thought out in particular to get there and what we're doing. We're trying to when we're working and going at it. Right, and we give ourselves, you know, opportunity to to enjoy though. So, how do you really manage that work play balance? I mean, it, it must be insane to kind oh, of like you know you're partying at night because you got the shot. Everybody's celebrating. Next day, you're back at work and you're grinding. You're doing all this stuff. I mean. 
What's the balance like and how do you manage it? Yeah, you know, balance, I think, is one of the most important things you can really find in life. And it's super key to what I'm doing and what the other guys I'm working with are doing. Um, it's easy to get, you know, sent off into a tailspin one way. You know, I've I've gone way too hard on edits and it's just beating me down, you know. And it's, it's, it's something you got to, like, go there and figure out before you can understand what it is. And I think a lot of artists probably feel that way. Um, but right. sometimes that's where the greatest stuff can come from. But the grit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, we definitely work really fucking hard, but we play hard together too. And I think that's important. And, um, you know, we all have to keep each other rain, you know, reeled in and sometimes, but we all have to push each other as well. And, you know, when we're out there on trips, working our asses off for weeks and days on end, you know, you have to recognize the right time to all go out and be together and celebrate what you're doing because we only get one lap here and what we're doing is pretty special. Now, when talking about all this photography and all this cool process that we're, we're you know, discussing, do you think there should be something out here that's productive for these kind of artists and creative mediums to explore and kind of generate income and you know, I was just talking about this on another podcast that there should be some kind of community space where people can kind of get together, hold a flea market, sell their art, hold premieres, do these kind of cool community things within their own things and, and, and have their own little snowboard videos. Maybe it's local. Maybe you do a little skate snowboard surf thing or whatever it is. Yeah. There's a lot of cool companies doing stuff. And, you know, where's the town on this? Yeah. You're I local. Mean, you've, you're from here. You, where, where's the line? You know, one of the reasons I came back here is because it's home and because it's another just like epicenter of Stoke like that. There's such a cool surf community out here an artistic community. Um, you know, there's a lot of really cool brands out here, whether it's Whalebone, Montauk Brew Co. Um, my cousin Christina's company, Deep Blue Vintage, one of the sickest vintage stores I've ever seen. Um, you know, there's certainly a space to cultivate all the talented artists and athletes that are out here and all the people interested in what, you know, these people do because they love it. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's going to take, you know, get any, like any good business you start in the red, but it's just, it, all it takes is really belief and it's going to get there. Um, you know, there's space out here. There's, there's the people who appreciate it out here, what people are doing. And, uh, yeah, I would love to see it happen. And, you know, I want to be a part of it if it does, if, and when it does, and I'll do what I can to make it happen. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like we need to all come together and kind of develop these ideas because if we're not coming together for creative space, totally. you know, it's like all these things coming together. We have our friends that own their own little businesses. We have friends that own their own little shops, right? Like everybody makes, this person makes jewelry. This person sells photo prints. This person's a painter. This guy makes surfboards. This kid makes skateboards. This guy's selling their own clothing line. Like, we have so many friends and creative people that we know within our circles locally that there should be our stores yeah, aligned on Main Street, you know? That should be their store there, and that should be their store there. But it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's... And I'm not crying. Like you said, this business, you learn to adapt. Whether what business you're in, no matter what it is, you learn to adapt. I'm not saying, hey, cry and grab a pitchfork and throw a rock through somebody's window. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, how do we adapt to that new era and new time where we've kind of lost grip with Main Street, right? Now we mm -hmm. have to find our little quirky warehouses and off 
you know, grid kind of little galleries and these kinds of things to host outdoor events or venues or anything. How do we change that process? Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, you know, like Jackson Hole, East Hampton is a financially big time flourishing town. Yeah, town. And, um, you know, it, I think it just takes, it takes approaching the right people and, and explaining what you just said. Um, that's, I mean, that's the American dream right there. You know, it, it's, you know, the right investor coming in with the right belief and the right idea. That's, you know, that's, that's how those things happen. Um, and there's plenty of them around here. Hey man, exactly. And th- and that's why, you know, I'm glad to be a part of all this, man. I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad to have you talk about it, but you know, what are some things you're looking forward to for the future? What are some things that you're kind of working on this year? What's, what's in the pipeline for, for Nick? Oh man. So, you know, I'm going to finish up coaching tennis for Molly Nolan out at the Montauk Downs until the end of October. Hey, shout out, yeah, shout out up? to Montauk Downs tennis. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm stoked to dip into the New York premiere on my way back out West, November 2nd, stoked to fire. And, uh, after that, man, I'm just excited to get back working with my crew, Todd Jones, Kai Jones, Tim Derchi, uh, Jay fan. We're going to keep, you know, pushing what we're doing. And, um, yeah. Do you guys have crazy, tr- do you have a, a trip planned? Do you guys have the next thing planned or you're not allowed to talk about it? We got a couple ideas. Yeah. Okay. We you know, just in the melting ideas. pot, you yeah. know? He's being casual here, guys. He doesn't want to discuss anything too, you know, too proverbial. He wants to make sure it's all right. It's going to be fun. That's so sick, man. The Stoke the Fire premiere. I'm hyped to see it. I'm going to be at the New York premiere in the city November 2nd. Let's go, baby. I'm there. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to check it out. Tetongravity.com. Get tickets. What is it? Tetongravity.com. Tetongravity.com. You heard that? It's T-E-T-O-N-G-R-A-V-I-T-Y.com. Get your tickets for the premiere. Shit is fire gonna be a good time Times square i mean come on yeah it's, come on? it's it's epic it's it's always great being back in the city for that one yeah man and, and so cool and and we really uh you know ha- just to segue out of this whole thing from the premiere obviously you're gonna be hitting up some wicked kind you know for some of those good goods before yeah uh, wicked kind wellness um you know they make some of the best stuff for taking care of your body if you're working so hard and you know getting high so, yeah, it's some, it's some herbal medication here, guys. We're talking about some very herbal medication. This is Highly Educated, the podcast. We're not afraid to talk about these things. Definitely check them out. That's at Wicked Kind on Instagram. Give them a little uh, love there. You can check out their products, see what's going on there, based out of Oregon. Yep, yep. Pretty my talented boy Saint, people. Running, running stuff out of Oregon. Saint crushing it. Yeah, Good. beautiful company, and um, you know, grateful to be a part of it. Yeah, dude. So that's how he relaxes after all this craziness. And, uh, you know, he'll be going to the premieres and doing his tours and running around and, you know, trying to give a little bit of this and that. But, dude, we really appreciate you uh, coming on and fucking love hearing the stories and love hearing everything you're doing because, you know, it's uh, inspirational for for, uh, people to hear. And and I think that's important. Always, always happy to be home, happy to to dip in. And, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, give everything all you can and, Every, anything is really achievable when you commit. Hell yeah, dude. That's that's where I like to end it off, man. If you want to follow Nick, he's at Nick Allegre, A-L-E-G-R-E, on Instagram. Nick, thanks again, man. Yeah, thank you guys. Cheers. Cheers.